hey guys, it's me, your buddy Ryan again. Whoa, I'm back. So, it's been a minute, but welcome to another episode of I Wanna Watch the Very Best, because gotta watch them always taken. And, like I said, I'm Ryan, guys, are here for you. So you may be wondering, potentially, Ryan, where were you? And I'm like, oh, you know, procrastinating. I've I've sort of actually not been. I've been doing a lot of stuff recently. Uh, the move took a lot out of me. Getting adjusted to my new work schedule took a lot out of me. Uh, finding the time to actually do this podcast with that work schedule has been difficult. And I've also been trying to put a backlog together so I didn't, like, have weeks where I'm just like, oopsie doopsie, I couldn't do it this week. Uh, oh, well. So, you know, I I actually have stuff to put out if I'm, like, a little bit behind and all that stuff. So I can can not keep you in suspense. I also think because of how the schedule's going to work, I'm going to have to change it from four episodes per episode to three episodes per episode. Now, this is only for the foreseeable future. Maybe I'll get my stuff together and can churn out these faster than before. But at the moment, just to make sure I can, like get these out on time, I think I need to limit it to three per episode. Sorry, hopefully that's not a super big issue. I'm sorry. But for now, we're back. We're doing episodes again. I got stuff ready to put out when it needs to be put out, so we can we can just do this. We got this, boys and girls and non-binos. We got this. So I think think because i don't really have much more to say it's actually been relatively uneventful let's just jump right into the new episode let's go now so to begin i think it would be good to go into my thoughts on generation 2 kind of like i did with generation 1 at the start of orange islands and it's actually kind of interesting. Despite it not being my favorite generation, Gen 2 is probably the one I played the most. I beat Gold, Crystal, Heart Gold more than I've played any of the other mainlines. I also think it's pretty interesting how Gen 2 seemed to have gotten the most reintroduced love these recent years, with Typhlosion, Wooper, Quillfish, all those variants. Maybe Pokemon is finally remembering that Gen 2 exists. I'll admit I actually also didn't really watch much of Gen 2. When I really got into Pokemon, it was either watching the new Gen 3 episodes or reruns of Gen 1. Not really much of Gen 2. So, watching these episodes will be fun for me. Almost all new information that I have no memories of. Also, if Orange Islands was the anime messing around with the world now that it was more established, Gen 2 is the grand payoff, the point where Pokemon finally, truly has found what it wants to be as a series. Now, obviously it will still change over time, but from Gen 2 onwards, every episode feels like an episode of Pokemon, not some other weird bits with Pikachu slapped on, if that makes sense. I think what really helped that transition was the fact that Pokemon was finally starting to set up some lore in their games. They now had something else they could add as a side plot to the League, which also later led to the introduction of other evil teams, giving more and more base material for the anime to work with. I don't know if any of that rambling was coherent, but put simply, Pokemon finally settled on what direction it wanted to move in they had a much firmer grasp on what it meant to be a Pokemon episode. Now, as for the Pokemon themselves, 
I think they're the most middle of the road out of all the other generations. While none of them are really bad designs or concepts, on average they're also really not that exceptional either. I do like a lot of them, and there are some that I do love, like Lugia, but for the most part they're not as great as some of the good designs from later gens. However, I can say to their credit that there is not really a single Gen 2 Pokemon I really truly dislike. They're really all pretty decent, none of them really like drag the gen down, there's not really many people pointing at a generation 2 Pokemon being like, ew look at that design, it's disgusting. It's like they're all pretty good, no one's really upset at any gen 2 design. The games though were pretty rad purely for the fact that you got to revisit Kanto. It was kind of funny how they had to cut back the scale of the region a bit, but it was really cool seeing a post-red-blue-yellow time period, and how things have either changed or stayed the same. Poor Blaine though, they did that man dirty just shoving him in some random cave. There was also the introduction of Dark and Steel types, and Shiny Pokemon, two additions that without a doubt contributed significantly to the games in the long run. The types should be pretty obvious, it let them have a lot more fun with designs and battle mechanics, but shinies are interesting. You had shiny hunters over the years, sure, but only recently did the games really allow shiny hunters to, you know, shine. Pokemon saw how much people found appeal in shiny hunting and added more focus to shiny Pokemon. Plus, taking into consideration the Generation 2 remakes, Walking around with your Pokemon was great, it is one of the most requested features to bring back in games. It was an incredible addition to Heart Gold and Soul Silver that, despite their best efforts, the games just can't replicate well. I think it's something that only really works properly in the grid-based DS sprite style game where everything kind of has a set size. The 3D games, you can't really do that. It, it just... Too much risk having a whale lord on screen when you're in a building, it's just not something you can do. People also talk about how incredible rivals like Hune, Nimona, Gladian, and the like are, but I feel like everyone really sleeps on Silver. A boy who has a misguided sense of morals, inferiority, and rebellion due to having a criminal underworld father, who he resents, starting out really aggressive and power-focused, stealing his first Pokemon. But over time, lost battle after lost battle, after receiving wisdom from the dragon's den, after receiving wisdom from the dragon's den, he learns the true strength comes from the bonds he has with his team. He even started the trend of showing a villain as not such a bad guy by giving them a newly evolved crowbat, demonstrating his change. He also actually tries to return the Pokemon he stole, but Elm, seeing how much the starter cares for its trainer, lets him keep it. Really, no love is given to Silver, who has a really cool battle theme, by the way. He doesn't even appear in the mainline anime, and that is a tragedy. So, um, yeah, I, I can't really think of much more to say with Gen 2. It's kind of just a slightly improved added on to Gen 1, and there's not a whole lot extra to say. It's, it's a good generation, but it doesn't do anything crazy like the later generations do. I, I think Gen 2 is great, but it was just kind of a stepping stone to set up the ability of Pokemon to make sequels, which is definitely very important. Gen 2 was 
the first new gen. Like, every gen that comes after is kind of built after Generation 2. But Generation 2 itself is not fantastic. It's not mind-blowingly amazing or different, which is not a bad thing. It's just that I, I can't think of much extra to say about it while giving my thoughts. It's also not a generation I really grew up with. Gen 1, I had the anime. I had the used games I got of the Gen 1 stuff. I had the remakes of Gen 1 I played as a kid and was really impressionable. But Gen 2, I, I wasn't around for Gen 2 stuff. I didn't see the spin-offs, the anime, the uh, all the games. Like I only played those after the fact. It was just not part of my childhood. And maybe that's why I have so much trouble talking about it because I was too young to really form a super analytical opinion about it, but I was too old to form a nostalgic opinion about it. So it's just a middle ground where Gen 1 has nostalgia, Gen 3 has nostalgia, Gen 2 just was there. I I don't know. All I'm saying is I think we can safely jump into the first episode of the podcast because I can't really think of much more to say without repeating myself. So let's go! Woo! Episode 117, Don't Touch That Dial. Synopsis. Arriving in the Johto region, Ash attempts to register for the Pokemon League. But upon meeting Professor Elm, he learns of a stolen Totodile. First, I just want to say that Johto Journey's opening is one of the best English openings. Very solid song, all around. I love it. Shortly after departing from Pallet Town again, Ash, Misty, Brock, and Pikachu find themselves in a dark, foggy forest on the way to New Bark Town. However, Pikachu points out to Ash that they seem to have gone in a circle, encountering a familiar branch. Misty whines at this revelation, beginning an argument with Ash. Calling her bluff, Ash suggests that she take lead, the redhead stubbornly agreeing. However, she seems to also be struggling with directions. That's a good idea. I'll find a way out of here. Come on, Misty, let's go. We're waiting for your directions. Don't rush me, Ash. I just have to think. Well, this is going to be a brand new experience for you. We're not lost because of me! Hey! Yelling never solves anything, so just calm down! You two have to learn to be more mature like me. Uh. Togepi and Pikachu then hop from their trainer's grasp, rushing towards a body of water. The trio follows them, encountering a blue, glowing canine on a rock in the center that spoilers this weekend. As the three stare in awe at the Pokemon, it notices them and bounds off, vanishing into the mist. Ash then rushes forward in an attempt to catch it, but, you know, he's in front of a pool of water, so he just falls down the hill into it. Then Pikachu and Togepi somehow fall in as well. Then Misty and Brock try to chase after Ash and also fall in. And then Jigglypuff wanders by, sees them falling, and jumps after them. Okay. Elsewhere, Team Rocket trudges along, worried that they'll stay lost in the mist forever. But just as soon as they say that, the fog suddenly lifts, the three excitedly deciding to get lunch and rushing forward out of the woods. Upon exiting, they stumble upon a large, scholarly-seeming building. Just as Jesse excitedly hopes it has a cafeteria, a swarm of Fero fly out from the trees, scaring the trio into running inside. 
After collecting themselves inside, a very distracted Professor Realm assumes the guest to be Nurse Joy, asking them to take care of the totodile he and the nurse discussed earlier. Jesse, seeing an opportunity, rules with the mistaken identity before shushing a screaming Meowth whose tail is being bitten by the water Pokemon. I love Totodile's English voice. He sounds like someone doing their best Donald Duck impression. And with the professor none the wiser, Team Rocket scoops up the Totodile and scuttles out the door. Back to our main group. They're struggling to press forward, Ash actually even crawling on all fours. However, upon seeing a sign for New Bark Town, a city and not actually a town, rising over the trees, their energy is restored. Misty then just randomly suggests that maybe they'll see another of the Pokemon they encountered at the water, haha. <laughs> Ash flashing back to the incident that occurred all of two minutes ago, before the topic is dropped when Brock reads the sign advertising New Barktown for the second time. New Barktown. This way to the town where the winds of new beginnings blow. Yes! Our next adventure starts right here! Where winds of new beginnings blow. I can almost hear the crowd at my first Johto League match. Ah... Yeah! I'm ready! Huh? What do you think he's ready for, Brock? He's ready to overcome every obstacle to achieve his ultimate destiny. Oh, that. The journey starts right now, Pikachu! Look out, Johto League! We're on our way! Pikachu! Ash, you can't go to the Johto League till you register! Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Look out, Johto League! We're gonna register! Pika Pika! Do you have any cash in case they charge a fee? There's no fee, you just sign up at the Pokemon Center! Come on. Arriving at the Pokemon Center, Brock rushes to the counter to greet Nurse Joy, but is instead met with Chansey to his disappointment. The Pokemon plays a recorded message from the nurse, apologizing for her absence, saying she'll return at 2pm. However, the group notices that it's already 3.30, Misty and Ash figuring eh, she's just late, and they'll just wait until she comes back. Brock then jumps into his white knight armor and yells that they should all go investigate to make sure Joy is okay. Arriving at the lab, they find it surrounded by cop cars and investigators, all led by Officer Jenny. Brock freaks out and goes to ask her on a date, but Misty drags him off before he can finish the request. Ash then asks where Elm's lab is, Jenny happily telling him that they're already in front of it. Brock then rushes into the active crime scene to help, Ash and Misty chasing after him as Jenny does nothing to stop them other than just standing still and going, No, you can't go in there. Ah. Inside, Professor Elm laments his failure at situational awareness, Joyce scolding him and wondering how he's going to explain the missing Totodile to the trainer who was sent to pick it up. The man apologizes, saying he got really caught up watching an unusual cell division, Joy yelling at him until Brock rushes in. Just as Ash is about to explain what's going on, Jenny runs in and berates them for entering a police investigation. Ash confusedly asking, a police investigation? Like the numerous cops outside and the lead officer yelling at him weren't obvious enough? Joy and Jenny then sadly explain that a Pokemon was stolen, and the trainer coming to pick it up as their starter is going to be pretty bummed out. 
Elm then shows off a Cyndaquil that's also set to be picked up, reassuring the startled group that the flame eruption on its back burning him is completely normal. He also shows the trio pictures of the other two starters, the already picked up Chikorita and the stolen Totodile. After Ash offhandedly mentions the starters he had the option of picking, Elm realizes that the boy comes from Pallet Town, excitedly bragging about being Oak's top student and his thesis receiving an A minus because Oak didn't appreciate his genius. Brock pretends to listen while Ash and Misty play with a nurse joined held Cyndaquil. As Elm rants about the actually interesting one-sided rivalry between him and Oak, Elm focusing on Pokemon abilities, with Oak focusing on human-to-Pokemon relationships, Joy talks over him to wistfully wish he'd learned more about human-to-human -human interactions. <sighs> Ash tells Joy that he feels bad for the trainer set to receive the stolen Pokemon, since he knows the feeling of excitement in getting his starter. Yeah, when I was a new trainer, I got so excited about getting my first Pokémon, I couldn't even sleep the night before. So you slept till 4 the next day. Uh, uh... Putting the league registration on hold, Ash and Misty volunteer to help in the search. Coincidentally, an officer runs up at that very moment showing a footprint plaster they got showing two different shoe prints and a long paw print. Ash and Misty both unable to realize that this looks very Team Rocket-esque. Speaking of, we then cut to the evil trio, Jessie panicking as Totodile has bitten into her hair and refuses to let go, her and the other two running off somewhere while she begs for help getting the Pokemon off. One fade transition later, Ash's group follows Jenny following a tracking Growlithe following Team Rocket's scent. The officer fine with letting three kids run into a potentially dangerous police situation with zero backup from any other adults. Team Rocket, having sit down to rest, tries to figure out what to do with Jesse and Totodile. Meowth then heads towards a payphone to notify Giovanni of the theft, but Jesse stops him, saying she knows he'll just take all the credit. As the two of them argue over who should be rewarded the most for the Totodile, James calmly walks past both of them and into the phone booth, before realizing he doesn't remember the area code and asks the other two what it was. His companions then wrestle him out of the booth and begin fighting, not noticing the approaching Growlithe, Jenny, and Twerps until they're already upon them. Ash comments that he should have known it was them, which he really should have, especially considering he incorrectly automatically suspected them for Lapras poaching, so they're generally his go-to for bad stuff. Refuting Jenny's intent to arrest them, the two motto off, Totodile still clinging to Jesse's hair. Jenny then asks them to repeat that, not having caught most of it. After being mildly insulted, Jessie shows that even if she wanted to, she couldn't hand back the Totodile. Ash then tries to appeal to their hearts by saying it's a little girl's first Pokemon. It belongs to her now. Doesn't your conscience bother you even a little? My conscience does bother me a bit. Well, not me. I'm unconscious. I suppose my conscience would bother me if Team Rocket didn't go by a somewhat different ethical standard. Find his keepers, lose his weepers. <laughs> Ash then sends out Bulbasaur, tripping the fleeing Team Rocket trio. James then calls forth Weezing, having its smoke screen the area. But Ash counters with Charizard, having it blow away the smog. Now able to see, Bulbasaur, without orders, lassos the Totodile and pulls hard enough for it to let go, Ash catching it. 
As the three fight over their progressing failure, Growlithe rushes to apprehend them, but James has his wheezing sludget's face blinding the doggo. He then sends out Victory Bell, getting eaten before Jesse sighs and sends out Lickitung. Ash has Squirtle pop out and blast the Pokemon back. Jesse angrily orders all three of the Pokemon to attack at once, sending out Arbok to join them. Ash counters by having his entire team attack all at once back, blasting all four Pokemon off into the sky. With nothing between them and an angry team of Ash Pokemon, the rockets cower in a huddle before Totodile steps forward and flings them into the horizon with a water gun, despite Jenny wanting to have arrested them instead of losing them, but oh well. Brock then offers to be taken into custody instead, before Misty pulls him away again. Ash passes Totodile off to Officer Jenny, who thanks the boy on behalf of the new trainer. He then goes to get registered for the league, but not before calling Professor Oak, who annoyedly comments that someone always calls during his soap operas. During their conversation, Elm jumps into frame, proudly telling the professor that Ash rescued the stolen Pokemon before taking over the call completely, our heroes having to sit elsewhere as he rants to Oak. Joy then approaches them, offering to get Ash's league registration set up. Using his Pokedex as an ID, he's set to participate in a matter of seconds. The nurse explains that once he obtains eight Johto badges, he'll be qualified to compete in the championship tournament. She then suggests heading to the gym in the nearby Violet City for a start. Ash declares his intent to catch up and surpass Gary, and bids farewell to the Professor, Joy, and Jenny as he and his friends head off towards their next destination unaware of a following Jigglypuff. I think this is a pretty firm start to the new gen. We're introduced to Elm, get a quick rundown of the starters while he's around, have a Suicune subplot start up, and even a recap of Ash's current on-hand team and Officer Jenny and Nurse Joy, all within the normal episode runtime. It's a decently packed episode, but never feels like it rushes to show the next thing it has to show off, each story and comedic beat fitting inside the episode pretty well. Plus, I don't exactly remember, but I don't think we ever saw Ash register for the Indigo League. I think he just kind of decided to do it and rushed off to go lose to Brock. Which presents the interesting unstated thought that Oak automatically enrolled Ash in it when he got the Pokedex, the professor knowing that Ash would decide to challenge the League. Which also unintentionally adds some very fun foreshadowing for the fourth movie. But we'll get to that at a later date. For now, on this current date, let's move on to... Episode 118, The Double Trouble Header! Synopsis. Ash has an encounter with a spunky, baseball-obsessed novice trainer, whom he immediately crushes the dreams of. Heading towards Violet City, after making it a considerable time and distance from New Barktown, the trio just start remarking on how much they love the Pokemon they saw back in the last episode. Pikachu then points out a girl, dressed in a yellow and black striped baseball outfit, yelling encouragingly at her chikorita using baseball phrases. We're gonna train hard, hit hard, and knock everybody out of the box. We're in the big leagues and we're playing hardball. What's that girl doing? One, two, three strikes, they're out! The side is retired and chikorita wins the game! Brock theorizes that she's a new trainer that just got the Chikorita from Elm, the group eager to see what attacks it knows. 
A Rattata then jumps out of the bush conveniently facing and ready to battle the grass type. As its trainer Casey hypes it up, Chikorita tackles the rat, but it dodges out of the way. However, one more tackle knocks the Rattata out, Casey pulling out a Pokeball and catching it. She calls out for her fans to rise up and sing their theme song, which is just the theme of her favorite baseball team, Team Electabuzz. Casey then notices the Pokey crew, turning towards them with a scowl on her face, before yelling and running right at Ash, only to stop inches away from him and gush over Pikachu. After grabbing the electric type, Ash warns her of the risk of shock, but she actually begs Pikachu to electrocute her, wondering what it feels like. Ash tries to stop her, but ends up just getting zapped along with her. Bad idea. I tried to tell ya. Thanks a lot. Don't mention it. I think he's grounded. Sitting down, Casey introduces herself and her love of baseball, also confirming that she got Chikorita from Elm. She also explains that she loves yellow Pokemon, especially with stripes, due to her support of Team Electabuzz, wanting an Electabuzz of her own. Ash then points out that Team Electabuzz always finishes last place, especially when up against the Magikarp and Starmie. But Casey defends her home team, insisting they're winning the finals this year! But when our hero continues to insult her team's skill, she angrily challenges him to a Pokemon battle. Ash tries to dissuade her, saying she doesn't really stand much of a chance against a more experienced trainer, but she counters by attacking his battling skills and pride, causing Ash to angrily agree. Declaring the match to be a 3v3, Casey sends out a Pidgey, Ash reminiscing about the start of his journey, before being yelled at to send out his Pokemon. Charizard, completely willing to shred what small amount of integrity this girl has. Pidgey then quick attacks, but it just thonks right into Charizard's chest, the lizard blowing a puff of air from its nose and literally knocking the bird out with a stiff wind. Next up is Rattata, but after tackling Charizard's belly, it just bumps the rat back, KOing it as well. Refusing to back down, Casey sends out Chikorita. Its vine whips around Charizard's neck, but it's relatively ineffective. Ash tells Charizard to use Flamethrower. But, but gently, please. Letting out a small fireball, the Chikorita ducks, but it has its leaf catch fire. Panickedly trying to put it out, the grass type then somehow knocks itself out while running in a circle. Casey is declared defeated, and the girl sadly recalls her Pokemon. Misty and Brock try to cheer her up with some encouragement, and Ash attempts to shake her hand as a friend. But the girl demands that they just leave her alone and runs off crying. With very little sympathy for me, since this was her idea and Charizard barely even did anything, and Ash even offered for her to just, like, stop. But she didn't do it. The trio comments that it must be hard for someone so headstrong to lose, Misty mocking Ash by saying he must know the feeling all too well. 
Meanwhile, running through the forest, Casey trips and falls. After just one loss right out of her starting town, the trainer wonders how she can ever face her family again, especially since they all rooted for her. Even though the flashback itself shows her family just asking her to do her best and they'll be proud. But recalling the cheers of her loved ones, Casey picks herself up and resolves to not give up after just one loss. However, Team Rocket overheard this, praising her determination and presenting themselves as fellow Electrobuzz fans. The evil trio say that Casey should have won, and lie by saying that Ash actually cheated, telling her that Charizard is banned from being used against new trainers. Jesse also adds that Ash laughs about it behind the trainers' backs, and that he's probably insulting Casey with his friends right now. Enraged, Casey vows to rematch Ash, bringing him off screen to the town's baseball field as their stadium. Ash confidently says that he's gonna be 2-0 after this, but Casey insists that it'll be different this time. Brock then begins cheering for the girl. Yeah, that's the spirit, Casey! Uh, Brock, aren't we supposed to be on Ash's side? I usually root for the underdog, because the underdog is usually Ash. I didn't think of that. Destroy him, Casey! Go, Casey! Some friends they are. Casey begins with Chikorita, Ash having Pikachu rush out. The grass type begins with Sweet Scent, relaxing both Pikachu and the downwind Ash before landing a successful tackle. Team Rocket, disguised as the circles in the middle of the zeros on the park's scoreboard, gleefully watches as the two Pokemon tire each other out, mock announcer voicing their plan to themselves, I guess. Meowth then presses a button that triggers a bunch of trumpet-playing Electabuzz fan robots to emerge from the stands, blowing up and letting go some balloons before chanting, Gotta catch em all, gotta catch em all. Casey encouraged by her fellow fans. Not really realizing how odd this all is. Pikachu then uses Thunderbolt, but Chikorita spins its leaf like a fan and blocks the attack. Brock warning Ash that electric moves aren't as effective. Chikorita then lands another tackle. But before the match can continue, Meowth sends out his next robot. A tank with arms and a baseball bat. Ash wonders what this thing is, but Casey attempts to call his bluff, saying that she knows he's a cheater and that this is probably another trick. Ash then counters that well, she's the cheater, which insults her. The machine then charges right at the two battling Pokemon. Pikachu jumps in front of a terrified Chikorita to protect it, but both of them get batted away by the mech, landing right into the trap of Team Rocket, who reveal themselves to both sides with a baseball-themed motto. Attention twerps, it's prepare for travel day! But you're both out, which makes it a double play! To protect our team from devastation! To excite our side with a big ovation! To strike out the evils of truth and love! To extend our reach with a baseball glove! Jesse! <laughs> James! Team Rocket throws their fastballs at the speed of light! Strike three! We won, Jesse! That's right. Realizing that she's been tricked by bandits, Casey grows further enraged, Ash demanding their Pokemon back. Unfortunately, Meowth deploys his next robot, a large group of auto-pitching machines. 
Casey gets hit in the leg with a ball and almost gives up. But Ash encourages her not to give up and take whatever the other team dishes out and hold on to the end, just like baseball. Before getting nailed in the face by a ball, Casey pulls a bat out of nowhere and begins hitting the balls back, making metal impact noises despite the bat clearly being made of wood. Once their surroundings are a bit safer, Ash sends out Bulbasaur and Squirtle, Casey joining with her Pidgey and Radita. The team starts hitting every ball back, hitting the Team Rocket squad with their launches. Radita then headbutts James's stomach, Pidgey landing another hit and freeing Pikachu and Chikorita. After several more baseball puns, Chikorita cuts the trio up with a razor leaf, with Pikachu adding a thunderbolt. The two Pokemon then combine their tackles, flinging the rockets into the distance. Home run! Woo! Yay! Ash and Casey high-five each other in friendship, saying goodbye at a crossroad later that day. Casey apologizes once again, vowing to keep trying to reach and one day achieving Ash's skill. Yeah, good luck with that kid. He's the protagonist. She also says that maybe they'll even compete against each other in the Johto League, which, despite her actually appearing several more times in the series, they never do. She never makes it to the Johto League. I, I don't know what happens to her. They, like, never show her again after Johto. After one more compliment to Pikachu, Casey departs down her path. Brock then lustfully says that she'll be an interesting woman and wonders if she has a sister. Which is actually a little bit less creepy than him saying she'll be good in eight years, which they do in Japanese. So, I'll take the little victories, I guess? Ash then ends the episode by optimistically saying the next time the two meet, she'll no longer be a rookie, but a real pro. Man, if you like hearing baseball puns, then this episode's for you. Every other sentence in the second half is just a sports ball pun. But at least they got all of them out of the way now, so we don't have to go through it all again in another episode. I also want to point something out. A lot of people when Generation 5 rolled around got really upset that Pikachu was beaten by a level 5 Snivy. Now, true, that is a little bit later into Ash's journey. He is a bit stronger by then. But where's the hate for Pikachu struggling against a Chikorita? After all, he did great in the Orange League Championship. It's not like Pikachu is still a newbie. I say we boycott the Gen 2 anime. <laughs> yeah, that'll show them. But, all in all, this episode is pretty alright. Casey isn't the most annoying character in the series, and the plot is still a bit fun and unique compared to most of Gen 1's episodes, now given the freedom of Ash becoming a bit stronger. So this, my palios, is an okay one. Maybe not a home run, but maybe like a, I don't know, second base? Is that good? I don't know baseball. Well, hey, it's me, Future Ryan, again, back at it, again, returning from the past, present, no, it's actually future, returning from the future, because those episodes were recorded, um, a month ago, <laughs> oops, I just want to say thank you for listening, and because this is my return to form in the new season, new gen, um, I'll just do the pluggables. You know, you can follow the Twitter, at Wanaveri. You know, you can follow the podcast. I would really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. I love seeing those numbers go up, 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 baby! Yeah! And if you want to tell your friends, family, the dog, whoever, a random stranger on the street about it, it'd be cool as well. It'd be pretty rad, my dude. 
people it'd be pretty cool especially since pokemon's coming to an end soon you could be like hey speaking of pokemon you remember how it started well this guy doesn't that's why he's doing this podcast i'm rambling have a great morning day evening outside of space time whatever just have a good one bye